Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. As you know, if you have been with us, we are at the start of the story of a man named Cain. Later, we will meet him and some of the other characters. As an introduction, we've been talking about how Bible stories differ from all other stories and that these are God's stories. Really, God is the storyteller. That led us to discuss briefly inspiration. That is how holy God inspired all of the writers of Scripture. I stated that Moses wrote Genesis. With good evidence, I believe that. When did he write it? It was sometime between 1445 BC, at the end of the Exodus, and 1405 BC, the death of Moses. And how did he write? We talked about this yesterday. Moses was qualified to write. He knew how to write. He was taught how to write in the Egyptian education system. And second, and we must never forget this, God inspired Moses to record for all time the Pentateuch, these first five books of our Bible. Obviously, Moses was not there when Eve gave birth to her firstborn son, Cain, and so how could Moses have written the story we will be reading today? Here's how. God revealed to Moses the past. Just as God revealed to the Old Testament prophets the future, so too God revealed to Moses the past. Genesis is divinely inspired. God and error are incompatible. So because God is the one who revealed the scripture to Moses, then what we read in the Bible is true. This makes the Bible trustworthy. We need to know the Bible is accurate and authoritative and trustworthy, and inspiration affirms that indeed it is. Now, last time I shared with you two ways to divine inspiration, and I want to share these again. My reason for doing so is so that by hearing these a second time, you will begin to internalize them, make sense of this, and there are many of you who take notes, and I want to make sure you can get these down on paper, on your phone, whatever the case may be. Okay, are you ready? Theologian B. B. Warfield says, Inspiration is defined as a supernatural influence exerted on the sacred writers by the Spirit of God, by virtue of which their writings are given divine trustworthiness. Again, inspiration is defined as a supernatural influence exerted on the sacred writers by the Spirit of God, by virtue of which their writings are given divine trustworthiness. Theologian Edward J. Young defines inspiration this way. Inspiration is a superintendence of God the Holy Spirit over the writers of Scripture, as a result of which these Scriptures possess divine authority and trustworthiness. And possessing such divine authority and trustworthiness are free from error. 
Again, inspiration is a superintendence of God the Holy Spirit over the writers of Scripture, as a result of which these Scriptures possess divine authority and trustworthiness. And possessing such divine authority and trustworthiness are free from error. That's B.B. Warfield and Edward J. Young on divine inspiration. The result of this divine human partnership is that God's truth is without error. There are no errors in the original manuscripts of the Bible. None. Zero. The Bible says God is truth, Romans 3, verse 4. The Bible says the scriptures were breathed out by God, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. And so as Charles Ryrie put it, the scriptures are true since they came from the breath of God, who is true. Here is the main point. Cain's story is a true story. What we will read about and discuss from Genesis 4, verses 1 through 16, actually happened in exactly the way Moses, inspired by God, says it happened. As the Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter 2.21, men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. 2 Peter 2.21. Friends, God is really the storyteller. Remember Jesus? Read Jesus in the Gospels. There never has been and never will be a man who could tell a story like him. Just think of his parables. The Lord was a captivating storyteller, and he introduces us to much truth through story. The stories in the Bible are different from all other stories, but they are still stories. And who doesn't love a good one? So, let's dive into Genesis chapter 4 and meet the main characters. I'm reading Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Hear now God's inspired word to you today in Genesis 4. Now, the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain told Abel his brother, And it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? God said, What have you done? 
The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you've driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to Cain, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain, so that no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. That is the story. Now, from a big picture perspective, I want to pick up on the thoughts of W.H. Griffith Thomas in his excellent work, Genesis, A Devotional Commentary. As Dr. Thomas points out, this narrative does not tell us all we want to or hope to know. God has intentionally left out some information or data that we might find ourselves wishing we had. For example, how much time passed between the end of Genesis 3 and these opening verses of Genesis 4. Or, why are we not told more about this offering that Abel and Cain give to God? Had the Lord commanded it? In how much detail had he commanded it? What specifically does God require in a sacrifice? Does it not seem to you that more detail here would have been useful to us? And what is the sign that the Lord appointed for Cain? Do you know? I do not. And another missing piece. Where did all of the people come from? All those people Cain was afraid would hunt him down and kill him. Population growth is clearly implied, but not explained. When you read the passage, you will see that many events are condensed into a short amount of space. Another commentary calls this chapter a staging narrative that connects earlier events to later events in the Genesis. Well, we have already met Adam and Eve in the previous two chapters, and here we meet their first children, Cain and Abel. These are the characters with God as the main one. He is the star. And of course, Satan is lurking, but in the background. Also here, sticking with a big picture, are many firsts. We have read about the first sexual intercourse between the first husband and the first wife, the first father and mother, the first birth. I already mentioned the first children, the first family, and then the first murder, the first martyrdom, and of course, the first indications of human development. So on the one hand, there is a lot we do not know, yet on the other hand, there is a lot that we do know. There is a lot that God tells us through Moses that is condensed in these verses in this chapter. 
Now, if you'll continue to listen, we will explore these 16 verses together, some more than others. What interests us in the relationship of God and Cain? We will find out. But next time, let's start with his parents, Adam and Eve, in verses 1 and 2. I hope you will remember them from Genesis 2 and 3. We'll learn more about them tomorrow when you join us for God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.